everyone, and welcome back to the Whale Nerds podcast. This is episode 115. My name is Caitlin, and I'm here with Adam. What's up? Well, hello there. <laughs> we are, uh, we're missing one. One's down yeah. for the count. Later's out sick this week, but that's okay. We're going to record an episode without him, and he'll be back when he's feeling better. So uh we'll start with thank yous to everyone thank you for supporting us in everything that we're up to and doing whether that's through patreon or going out on trips or just listening to the podcast or reviewing it or rating it or sharing it with your friends we really appreciate you tagging along with us on this uh project for the last i don't know three and a half years something like that so yeah 115 yeah. that's getting up there I feel like we just did a hundred like the other day. <laughs> Time flies and when you're having fun talking about if whales. You, if you're joining us in more recent times and haven't been around for a while, just a, a way to keep up with what we're doing. We do have a website. Um, it's thewhalenerds.com. On there, you can see our episodes, our blog, our trips, our merch. And um, also we have all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all the podcast platforms you could think of. And if we're not on one that you want us to be on, just let us know. Just send us an email, send us a message, DM it on there. And uh, you can watch our video versions of episodes on our YouTube. And then uh, just some updates on trips. If you missed our announcement, Last episode, our October trip in the San Juan Islands is postponed to the fall of 2023. Um, one, because we want to give the trip more time for people to um, decide if they want to make travel arrangements. And also because we're going to Antarctica. Are we really? Is that actually happening? <laughs> I bought my plane ticket. I'm going. You did? Yeah. What? Did Slater? <laughs> I don't know, but you need to buy yours. What the heck? Nobody told me. Oh, crap. I got to buy it. Nobody told you, dude, the emails. No, I know, but I thought, we were all, I thought we were all going to like sit down and be like, all right, three, two, one, purchase. Uh-uh. I was like, no, I'm having the lady do it because the team at Cheesemans is great, first of all. And oh, awesome. that lady was so nice. And then second of all, because like flights have been a little cray cray, if you haven't been paying attention to the yeah. news. Uh -oh. I was like, uh, no, I need a professional to be keeping track of this for me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I was like, here's your credit card. Let's go. Like, <laughs> give me Dang, I, should, I should do that ASAP. Yeah. Love so you. yeah, email her and, and she'll get y'all hooked up. And it was super easy. She's so nice. Um, cool. So if you're thinking of joining us in, in Antarctica, um, Cheeseman's team can literally handle all of it. Hotel, Everything. flight whatever you need like they're really great very nice people um i my experience with them so far they've been so friendly and they're so fast to getting everything done so yeah if you want to come to antarctica it's february 20th through march 9th you're departing from ushuaia by boat we're gonna be looking for whales seals penguins birds icebergs You'll be looking for a screaming Adam driving a, <laughs> we will be, driving a bunch of people around. If you're in my Zodiac, we will stay in a safe range for your hearing away from Adam's Zodiac. 
<laughs> yeah, you'll hear me all across the peninsula. You kidding me? If I see a freaking type A or Imagine. type B or type C or type B killer whale, like I'll be like, yeah. I think if I see so anything loud. down there. I feel like you're gonna scream so loud you're gonna pass out. I, I have to I have to facilitate my my zodiac, so I won't pass out. At least I hope not. So now I need to bring my noise canceling headphones in addition to everything. Else. <laughs> yeah, you do. You're not gonna hear anything when you're in Antarctica. You're just gonna maybe oh, no. a very shrill, like maybe a little part of my voice will get through the noise canceling headphones. You'll hear. Man. Okay. But no whale breaths. You can't hear any birds. <laughs> None of that. Just me. Oh, geez. Uh, so we're going to Antarctica. Whale Nerds is going as guides and expedition leaders with Cheeseman's Ecology Safaris. And um, we're going to be doing everything ship-based, but with like daily opportunities for uh, Zodiac cruising and landing. The nice thing about the ship they're taking is it's only 100 passengers. And that sounds like a lot. But when you look at what a normal cruise ship takes it's one of the smallest ships that's going to go down there and having less than a hundred passengers or less means that everyone can land on shore at the same time, which is pretty mm. cool because that's part of the um, regulations in Antarctica is that only a hundred passengers can go to shore at a time to sort of reduce impact on the landscape. And so you don't have to wait for your group to be approved for shore landing because everybody can land at the same time if they want to. So that's pretty cool. Hang out with some penguins. Yeah, let's go look at penguins and whatever else we can find. So um, let's talk about sightings. And then our topic this week will be kind of just an introduction to Antarctica and the marine life that we can see there. And we'll probably talk more about um, Southern Hemisphere whale topics off and on through the summer. One, because we got some stuff to learn yeah, we too. Do. We just want to keep the hype up. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, do you want to go first for sightings? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I remember last time we talked, I was pretty grim and <laughs> down, <laughs> down in it's the okay. trenches. It's June. It's June. Because it it's is June. The worst month. <laughs> it is. It is pretty tough. Um, but we did have, a really good push of whales for a bit there. Um, but last time I was talking about this, you know, how the channel has just been so warm lately. And there's that little, little stretch of cold water that pushed in um, between Samago Island and Santa Rosa Island. And it kind of covered the, the North face of Santa Rosa Island. And I was like, I bet you we're going to get some whales here in the next couple of days or week and not to toot my own horn, but I did call it. Um, we did we did have a nice group of about six to eight blue whales show up for about almost a week they were here um at least five days um so that was super cool that was really our, that was our first blues of the season and the first time the first time we had them like i was i hadn't seen a whale in like three weeks so i was freaking out um but it's such a gorgeous spot against santa rosa island to see to see blue whales so that was super cool um and they kind of moved out um, we, and we haven't really been able to check the area because the weather's kind of been iffy, but we did check it a couple of times and they weren't there. So, so they moved on, but we have been seeing literally five to 6,000 dolphins a day. They're just everywhere. The, in, the entire channel is just packed with them. And we've been finding humpbacks um, the past week or so in with the dolphins, not a whole lot of them, like 
two or three, one or two here and there. Um, but kind of hoping that turns around at some point. I'm sure in July, like I was looking at um, 2020, which is our big blue whale year. And the same thing happened. Like the blue showed up like first or the, the third week in June. And they disappeared again for a couple of weeks. And then like middle of July, they showed up in huge numbers. So hoping that trend sticks through. But if not, I'm sure there'll be something here. Um, but yeah, the dolphins have been insane. Like every day, just pods everywhere. From the second you leave the harbor till you get to the islands, there's just dolphins. Nice. It's been hard June weather in Monterey. Yeah, because we've had some tough weather here too. We had a really nice stretch of calm weather, but then it was so foggy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was just like, oh, it really is either windy and horrible or it's calm, but it's so foggy. That's literally um, us too. Yeah. So we, the Rizzo's and Whitesides were sort of around for like another week after our last episode that we recorded, but then there were some sightings of killer whales. Uh, that weren't really in range of whale watch boats, but I think they kind of cleared out the dolphins. And so Mm. I think they're kind of coming and going, but they're not as, they're not as complacent as they were for like three weeks straight. Yeah. Um, we, I haven't seen a blue whale in the last two weeks, but there have been sightings of them in the Bay. Um, sounds like they've been a little touch and go, um, but you can hear them on the hydrophone. And cool. I mean, it's kind of hard to look for a very silver colored whale in the fog. In so fog. Yeah. <laughs> Once you of, run into it. Yeah. That's part of why I think we have, we haven't seen one on the boat I work on, um, yeah, but plenty tough. of humpbacks moms and calves have been around, got to see Fran and her calf a couple times. Oh, that's and, super cool. Yeah. Fran's got yeah. a calf this year, huh? Yep. And uh, there's a, quite a few mom and calf pairs. Kate and I were sort of comparing notes and we've seen at least 12 different mom calves check into the bay. And like, I think nine of them kind of stick around and the rest have just been through one or two days and then left. But we'll have to, we'll have to compare photos because we have, I've, I need at least a dozen calves this year. I wonder if some of ours, I know at least one of ours is we had that one calf with a super weird white pigment on its tail. Yeah, and we, we have we only here. saw that calf that one day, and one now day, it's yeah. been gone. Well, so, did, so did we. We had it for one day, and then it disappeared. But so. I wonder if some of our other ones we see, we've seen here are up there. Probably. I mean, I would guess that they pass through and then come in, come up this way. But yeah, um, yeah. So we've been consistent on the humpback front, which is nice. It's been like they move around a lot. And their numbers are not super consistent, but at least, you know, four or five around it as a minimum. So, well, I only have four or five whales. Well, well, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, like it's not like we're just all, and it's nice because we're not all piled up on one whale, you know, like if because think of how many boats there are in Monterey Bay. So, if we had to all be piled on one group, that would be pretty tough. But luckily, we haven't gotten to that point yet this year. So, I don't know. We'll see. I just, this time of year, the whales move around so much that it's tricky, especially when you have fog. And I hate, like, I hate fog, but at the same time, like, I feel so accomplished when we find them. Find stuff in fog. Yeah. 
but then I'm also really pissed because then like we have to go and find him in the fog again like because we can yeah. find him then it's like well you're not gonna cancel the trip so yeah we still have to go it's, it's tough and yep. try <laughs> yeah I'm like yes we found one and then I'm like god I can't believe we found one and you're like ah gotta do it again <laughs> yeah so. Well, luckily June ends tomorrow, so maybe July first will just kick off again. Yeah, I think once. I really, for me, the signal's like after Fourth of July weekend. Yeah, Fourth of July weekend always sucks here. Yeah, I told Kate People I was are... like, I think we're gonna get skunked at some point during Fourth of July <laughs> weekend, and then it'll be okay after that. <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah, we always struggle in fourth. And it sucks because obviously everybody's out that weekend. Everybody's going whale watching and out in the yeah. water or whatever. So it's tough, but we'll be all right. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about Antarctica. Just the basics. Did you know that it gets its name from the fact that there are no bears there? I did know that. Did you? Wow. Yeah. I heard it on another podcast a while ago. <laughs> Wait, did you actually? Yeah. I was listening to a podcast and it was talking about bears and they were like, fun fact, the Arctic got its name because there's bears there and the Antarctic got its name because there's no What is Arctic? What is Arctic? What is, Um, I guess Arctic just means whale. I thought it was like Ursus. Let me look up. Now you're going to make me Google it in the middle of my. The continent surrounded by the South Pole. That doesn't sound very right. I trust huh? you. Are you reading this correctly? I just, I literally just like the Antarctica meaning. Oh my goodness. Oh, it is there. But in, in turn, Arctic comes from the Greek okay, word. Okay, so. Arctic, Ar- Arcticos, which means of the yeah, bear. Yeah, it's like. In reference to the northern constellation called Osa Menor. In which is the polar star, which makes the North Pole, marks the North Pole. It's like a weird mix of Greek, French, and Latin. Cool. Well, there you go. Fact check. Bada boom, bada bing. Why you ever doubted me, I don't know. I never doubt you. Sometimes you just gotta check your sources. I'm just saying, there's no bears (laughs) there. Okay, so the Southern Continent. (laughs) Uh, Antarctica is the fifth largest continent on our planet, and essentially it's a polar desert, so it's very cold, but it's also very dry, and uh, it's very windy, and it does hold about 70% of the world's freshwater reserves as ice, and it contains about 90% of the world's total ice coverage. If you simultaneously melted all the ice in antarctica the global sea levels would rise 58 meters or 190 feet so i'd be dead i'd have beachfront property at my house (laughs) i think i'd probably be dead (laughs) yeah right over the dune and then up up my street a little bit i'd have beachfront property okay so let's do it let's make it happen (laughs) no let's not do that i'm just kidding (laughs) 70% Seventy <laughs> percent of the world's freshwater reserve just melts. See ya. Nope. Oh my gosh, no, no. that'd be horrible. Uh, so, being a polar desert, there is not very much vegetation on land. Um, what plants do grow there are lichens, moss, and algae. And then there's also quite a 
diversity of algae in the seawater. The continent is governed by 30 countries. And they all signed an agreement and they abide by it. It's called the Antarctic Treaty System. But then like international politics is very um, confusing. So if you want to do more of your own research at home about this, if you're really into that geopolitical thing, more power to you. But basically there are sovereignty claims over regions of Antarctica from seven different countries, but only a few of these countries mutually recognize each other's claims and the validity of the claims is not universally agreed upon. Um, After 1959, when the Antarctic Treaty System was originally established, they were not like allowing new claims to Antarctica. But in 2015, Norway formally defined Queen Maudland as including their unacclaimed area between that and the South Pole. So, you know, you can just do whatever you want with international so politics. Just like, that, I want that like, that's mine. Thanks. I'll take it. <laughs> I'm sure they I, had great reasons, but I don't I know just, what I'm going to do with it. But that portion of Antarctica, it's mine. Uh, <laughs> it's just, I don't know. Uh, so Antarctica is a very, very special place. And there are quite a few international agreements about the environment and like what you can and can't do there. Um, the first international agreement to protect biodiversity was in 1964. And it was actually brought on by over uh, concerns about overfishing of krill. And so international um, agreements were made about fishing regulations. But since then, there's also treaties and agreements about mining, whaling, fishing, pollution, and invasive species and all kinds of other things. Um, So despite the fact that it's like no one country's territory, everybody agrees for the most part that it needs to be protected. And the southern, the area around Antarctica is the Southern Ocean Whale Sanctuary, which was officially established by the International Whaling Commission in 1994. Although there have been like whaling quota agreements since like, I think, like the thirties or something, um, about whaling down there and just like stock assessment and stuff, but making the Southern ocean whale sanctuary then provided a legal Avenue for Australia to pursue Japan about scientific whaling. I don't know if you are familiar with that international court of justice case, but, um, basically Australia was like, they filed a case saying that their tourism was being affected by the whaling activities in the Antarctic because the whales share the range. Yeah. And so um, you can read more about that case online if you are curious, but the fact that it is a Southern ocean whale sanctuary that was established by the whaling commission, like provided the legal pathway to like do stuff about I wonder there. too. I always thought it had to do with the Ross Sea because I thought Australia had claims to the Ross Sea and Japan was whaling there. I wonder if that has anything to do with it. I don't know. That kind of stuff, unfortunately, I find very boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whaling. I mean, just the legal like details. Oh yeah, for of sure, for sure. You know what I mean. Sure. But now, I mean, Japan is just restricted restricted to their own waters, I believe. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, you can do kind of whatever, whatever you, you want. want in your own e- exclusive as as economic zone. 
unless you're like that's why they pulled out of the iwc i thought yeah well because they lost their permit after that case gotcha so the the court of justice international court of justice determined that they could achieve their same scientific research without lethal methods and the iwc agreed and so then they yeah. revoked the scientific whaling permit and then yeah uh, get out of yes. antarctica so then japan's response to that was well then we're just going to whale in our own territorial waters it's fine so. deplete your own which waters. i mean but then at the same time norway and iceland have done that from the beginning they're like i'm not exactly. signing this yeah. moratorium i'm gonna do what i want in my own ocean <laughs> yeah so anyway so no one's really actively whaling there is still like a lot of concern about um what's it called krill fishing there hmm. because people still do use krill for like supplements and stuff like that but um for the most part the whales are left alone yeah. and then of course you know the thing that no one can be really pursued for that threatens their this area is climate change climate change yeah i mean i say no one can be pursued for it but like you know the oil companies might be a good place to start <laughs> that'd be nice anyways, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> maybe one uh, day <laughs> so during the summer months about four to 5,000 people live on the continent and they're there to do scientific research. And then in the winter, um, only about a thousand people spend the winter in Antarctica. Those are a thousand brave souls. Yeah. That's, no, thank you. That's more people than I thought stayed there. Seriously. I like Santa Barbara where it's 75 and sunny every day, not negative 75 <laughs> and, and dark. Pitch black, dark. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man. And howling screaming wind and snow and yeah. God. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I would try it one time just to say I did it. I would try it. I would for sure try it, but I don't think I could do it for a whole year or like a whole winter. Can you imagine being stationed in our in Antarctica? Which I think they did write some news stories about this, but like during COVID, you just are like in this dark little isolated hut in the snow just watching the world go nuts and you're like you guys are quarantining for two weeks and you can't handle it i've been here for six months but also like that'd be kind of scary to be like well yeah, are the ships ships still coming with supplies am just, like am i just screwed can i call my mom <laughs> <laughs> holy moly because also is australia's like one of the closest countries besides like South America and like South Africa and stuff like Chile and Argentina. But I think a lot of the like supplies maybe come through Australia yeah. and they were on literally on fire on fire. Oh my god! And then COVID happened <laughs> and they had like wasp or something, didn't they? I don't know. I just it's remember everything hornets. being on fire and then you know, hindsight, six months later, we were like, we had no idea that that was going to be the smallest problem this Literally. year. <laughs> oh, 20, 2020. So, uh, so yeah, a thousand people live there in the winter and wow, that's something. Kudos. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, people that live there year round <clears throat> are studying things like geology and, uh, 
chemistry and probably like human psychology of how long you can stay in the dark for <laughs> it's mostly like earth sciences stuff <laughs> <laughs> should be human psychology how long can Who you knows, stay in the maybe. antarctic winter before you go crazy well i think they have like you know those lights that they have iPads are, um... and stuff that they play games on yeah but like what are those those sunlight therapy things what are they called Oh, to help people with seasonal affective disorder. We used to be able to check them out from the library in college when I went there. Cause at Oregon really? state, it's a pretty, it's a pretty big deal in Oregon. Cause it's like nine months of the year. It's cloudy and rainy. Ooh. Yeah. Well, thank you. You could like check out a lamp, like for the library. use to you use just the library. stare at it. It just, it's supposed to be like to the side of you. Like you're by an open window and the sun's actually coming through. You never sounds, heard of those? It sounds horrible. It's just Fake like a sunlight. Little, you know. I guess that's what plants use. <laughs> yeah, it's like a grow light, but for a human. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyways. Welcome to the mm. Seasonal Affective Disorder Podcast. Podcast. Yep. <laughs> um, so we've talked about this in other episodes, and I sort of mentioned climate change is a big issue in Antarctica, but just like in the Arctic, when we talked about polar bears and walruses and all that, uh, the temperatures and climate adjustments in general are happening at a much faster rate at both poles. So that includes Antarctica uh, than the rest of the planet. So things are changing a lot faster in Antarctica than they are other places around the world. And when you think about the type of animals that live there, like they have very special and unique skill sets that are adapted to this crazy cold environment. And so when you change all that, that sounds like a recipe for disaster for the wildlife that have figured out Definitely how to live does. there. Uh, so the keystone of the whole Antarctic food web is krill. So it's all about everybody eats krill down there or eat something that eats krill. And the krill in Antarctica is reliant on sea ice because the algae that goes under the ice. Yep. Yeah. And the protection of the ice. And so, you know, without the ice, the whole thing starts to unravel. Uh, So the megafauna you could see in Antarctica are penguins, variety of seabirds, whales, seals, fur seals, squid, and fish. Everything else is very microscopic there. Tiny. Or it's just not there. <laughs> yeah, it's the good stuff. These are the good stuff. Let's get to the things that people want to see down here. Humpbacks? Yeah. So yeah, I want to see humpbacks. Got, for the rest of this sort of introduction to Antarctica, we're just going to talk about whales. We'll probably talk about pinnipeds and all that other stuff later. But uh, humpbacks are one of the main species of whales that use the Antarctic feeding ground and they're from populations seven that's crazy that's actually crazy i mean that's like all the southern hemisphere whales go there except for like the indian ocean whales wow Mm -hmm. that's awesome yeah no wonder but also like doing freaking happy whale down there that's really important right like oh they all go to one place and i would assume that I don't know this off the top of my head, but I would assume the Southern Hemisphere probably has more humpbacks than the Northern Hemisphere. 
Um, I guess Hawaii. I guess Hawaii's population is pretty big. Yeah, the North Pacific. But so is Australia. What is that population? It's like one or population four or whatever. Yeah, but it's twenty something thousand. But so is Australia's population is really big too. Yeah, and Australia's population is growing at like a crazy rate. It was like seven percent a year or something a few years ago when I heard a talk about it. Hmm. There's like the number of calves in Australia was nuts, and then like the killer whale population was also booming because booming. there were so many calves yeah. to eat. Yeah. So, okay. So what, where are populations seven through 13? Number seven is off the coast of Brazil for breeding. Number eight is off the coast of Gabon and Southwest Africa. Number nine is off of Southeast Africa and Madagascar. Number 10 is Western Australia. Number 11 is Eastern Australia. Number 12 is Oceania, including, including um, Tonga. And... Then number 13 is the Southeastern Pacific, which is essentially the West Coast of South America. And I think some of those whales from um, 13 go all the way as far north as Costa Rica is what some people are speculating, that they cross the equator. Okay, Southeastern Pacific, I thought it was Eastern. Southeast Pacific, which is the West Coast of South America. I was thinking the other coast. But some of those... Whales they speculate go to Costa Rica, which is that's cool. Crazy. That's a far ways. That's a lot longer than the northern hemisphere whales that use Costa Rica go. Yeah, that's that's way very far. (laughs) That's crazy. Um, all of the populations seven through thirteen are not on the endangered species list, so they were determined to be not at risk, um, according to NOAA and the other international powers that be in 2016 when they did the new assessment of the DPS. But they could be if krill stocks continue to decline, if climate change wreaks mm-hmm. havoc in Antarctica, the sea ice goes away. See, if there's no sea ice, there's no krill because the krill forage on the algae and the underside of the sea ice and the whales eat the krill. If you guys want to watch a really cool um segment on this really well done segment it's actually in our planet our planet has a in the frozen worlds episode they do a really cool um sequence on the antarctic krill and how the whales and everything feeds on it so check it out it's on netflix or actually youtube you can watch on youtube for free Mm, good to know especially since netflix keeps getting more expensive yep um yeah so that's humpback whales um the other most a diverse species that's using the Antarctic waters, I would say, is killer whales. There's five yeah. different types of killer whales that use the if Antarctic. We see or... Any of them? <laughs> Over. If if a whale, if a killer whale spy hops, even if even if it's a mile away, if a killer whale spy hops anywhere in the vicinity of my eyeballs, it game over. Do you imagine that with the ice in the background, they're like looking at a seal or something or the ones that hunt penguins are just like looking at penguins on a, on an ice, on an iceberg. Oh my God. I will lose my mind. <laughs> Even and if, if humpbacks too, if a humpback freaking puts his pack up in the air, anything. Can you imagine if it breaches? I've never oh seen God. a breaching photo from Antarctica. I, I, I don't know why. Why? I think I've seen one. Well, why know. they're not breached on there? Are they not happy? What's up? You got all I don't the know the because when they're in the breeding grounds, they like especially those 
ones off of Africa and the ones off of Australia. They're they preach like up. maniacs. Yeah, like, the Australian the ones. Levitating whale photos yeah. are all from those populations. There are. They are. They just don't do it. They're just too busy. There's like, oh, there's just so many, so much krill here. They're too fat. They're too full of krill. They can't get out of the water. Yeah, I don't know, man. But that would be crazy to see. Okay, right, so type five a. types, five types of killer whales. Um, this is my synopsis from uh marine mammals of the world, this Bible of marine mammals of the world. It's the Tom Look Jefferson, Mark, Mark Weber, Rob Pittman, and illustrated by Uko Gorder. So, you know, if you're a real super mega nerd. This is the book you have. This is the book that Slater's always look like, at, I want all, all the, the sticky notes. All the notes. Yeah. <laughs> You've had that probably for how many how many years have you had that book? Yeah. Oh wow. I bought it at a conference like six years ago, maybe. I don't know. Cause that's the second edition as well. Mm. So okay, type A, they are similar in size and appearance to our big killer whale. So one of the larger overall in body size and pretty similar markings to like a classic quote unquote classic looking killer whale. Um, they hunt minke whales and they spend the most time out of all five types in lower latitudes. So they will um, swim up towards like Australia and Africa and South America, and they are a marine mammal hunter. Then we have type B. There are two type Bs. So there's a large type B, which is called a pack ice killer whale. Uh, their markings, they have mostly black. Uh, colored skin and like classic markings, but they have like this lighter, like dorsal cape, kind of like a bottlenose dolphin has, mm -hmm. but like in reverse, they have a really large eye patch and they feed on seals using pack ice waters. They're the ones that like, you're seeing them spy hopping wow. in the ice yep. with the seals and they spend most of the year in Antarctic waters. They just do those short-term migrations to warm water to for get, skin yeah. maintenance. Yeah. Then there's the small type B or the Gerlach uh, killer whale. They are really like, they look two-toned, like gray and white yeah. in coloration. And they also have a very large eye patch, but they mostly feed on fish and squid. They do eat penguins occasionally, and they spend most of the winter in Antarctic waters that are ice-free. Then there's the type C which is the Ross Sea killer whale. They're very small in body size. They're also a very more pale two-toned gray and white coloration. They have really slanted eye patches, like at a mm -hmm. 45 degree angle to the line of their body. And um, they mostly feed on the Eastern side of the continent and they eat fish. And then there's the type D, which are like arguably the most strange looking killer whales a holy grail of killer whales that have ever been seen um they are the newest type recognized for this area they have a black and white coloration that's fairly normal but their eye patches are super small and their head is like more bulbous in the melon and their dorsal fin is more falcate and pointed and they use the sub antarctic waters a lot so my guess is cruising, cruising across down there the Drake is when, when you would them. see them. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to some podcasts or read it somewhere that I think there's been like less than a hundred recorded sightings of them ever. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe even less than 50. Um, yeah. But 
pretty pretty crazy and yeah i think it's kind of like that on the, on the way down there through the jig passage that you're most likely going to see them um still though crazy 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 that'd be so cool yeah i don't even think they have a great handle on like what they're like they just eat. recently described yeah um and again for the i think it's that uh the type b2s or the, the girlash there's a cool segment in that same episode of um our planet frozen worlds they do a really cool they have an incredible sequence of them hunting penguins so if you mm. want to check that out check that out i would i would be pretty stoked to see the the light the pack ice ones like do the I, wake oh, thing on the yeah oh my god on the caitlin freaking taylor if they that do that to my so boat cool. i'd be like ah! i'm like you can knock my passengers out all day long <laughs> we're it. all gonna die but it's fine but it's okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah that any yeah. i i just want to see if i could see humpbacks and killer whales like i'm good i want to see Antarctic they do. minky whales yeah that'd be cool too i want to see a minky whale like actually like the boat yeah <laughs> <laughs> i've had it happen a couple times i've never had them be curious really? I've, I've i've had, had them be tolerant <laughs> That's there's a it. there's a there's a pair of minky whales that we think um just res- like lives here in santa barbara off the rigs they're always at the rigs so if we're really struggling to find whales we'll go there and look for the rig minkies i call them the rinkies um, <laughs> but they always like it's a pair of whales and i i have d shots from them like mugging us multiple times so they just love our boat for whatever reason but it's pretty mm-hmm. pretty cool to see a little minky next to the boat being curious That'd be so yeah. cool with the Antarctic minky. Yeah, I've seen them breach two different times and like race around, like act like they have the zoomies or something, but like not friendly with the boat. Remote. Yeah. And that's it. Most of the time they're just like, um, I'm going to be over here and yeah. you're going to see you later. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm all set. <laughs> Thank you. But the Antarctic minky whales, uh, they don't have like the mittens. Mm-hmm. They have like just dark gray peck fins. So that'll be interesting to see. I mean, that would be interesting. And then other species of whales that can be seen in Antarctic waters could be blue whales, sperm whales, fin whales. And then sub Antarctic would be like southern right whales and say whales, <coughs> which it sounds like crossing out of the Beagle Channel, people see say whales. Hmm. So a southern right whale cool. would be insane too. Oh, I don't What was Ted Sand? He was saying we're going to a, a specific spot where, like, we're obviously not going to see Ross Sea killer whales. I don't know if we'll see southern right whales. I don't know if they actually. Well, I guess. Yeah, they, I don't. I don't know. Maybe because the Argentinian. So we're going uh, during this right summer. whales. Would be down there. I just I don't think. really know where they feed. They don't really go all the way is down. There, to is there a book? Feed. Is there an Antarctica whale book? Probably. I'm going to buy it right now. <laughs> I have to. If prepare. we find it, we'll let you know on our next podcast episode. Yes, we will. But yeah, that's kind of broad brushstrokes introduction to Antarctica and more specifically the types of whales. And uh, I hope you don't get tired of this topic because we're going to keep talking about other it's things not about going Antarctica. Away. <laughs> but Just also, wait like, till February. It's going to crank up even more after we get back. Great. <laughs> I also, though, like, 
we have some papers racked up about the Southern hemisphere that I haven't really covered yet, just cause I, I don't know. I just haven't really strung together a a, big... an episode. And so now's the time to like cover some yeah. of that new research for sure. That's been coming out. Cause I mean, people are doing great work in the Southern hemisphere, especially on humpback whales. I mean, look at how many flipping breeding grounds there are. Yeah. Insane. Um, we just haven't really talked about it on the podcast yet. So now's our chance. Now's our chance. Yeah. I'm so stoked. I can't, I still can't believe it's happening. Get ready, dude. Get I, gotta buy my, I gotta buy my ticket. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm you scared. Can spend, spend the money now while you're making it in the summer. That's true. That is very true. <laughs> um, but I really do hope that some of you can uh, join us because it really is like the trip of a lifetime. And uh, going with Cheesemans, I mean, the trip is designed for whales more than just scenery and Antarctica. Like I've compared notes with other people that have gone to Antarctica and like looked at itineraries of a friend who's um, guiding again this season in Antarctica. And like our trip really is, if you're going there and you want to see whales, like this is the our itinerary take. is the trip to take. Yeah. So yeah, I think a lot of, a lot of other people are there for the ice or the penguins or, mm-hmm. or just and, and to we'll, stay they we'll, went. Yeah, exactly. And, and we'll definitely be doing all of that. But yeah, this is definitely a whale focused trip, which is yeah. super, super crazy. And the fact that we get to do that, I'm still so thankful for. Um, but you can also join us if you can swing it, you know, going with us. If you guys have been on trips with us in the past, you know how we are as guides and and expedition leaders and stuff. So if you can swing it, it's definitely the trip of a lifetime. That's for sure. Yeah. So uh yeah and also if you made it this far in the episode thanks for listening all the way through to the end um do you want to give them a secret whale of the week ooh 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 let's think uh we're thinking type a type b1 type b2 i think type d type d type b type d d is a dog d killer whales the newest kind of killer whale documented around antarctic waters Imagine if we actually see them going across the Drake Passage. My mom will be able to hear me from the Drake Passage. <laughs> She'll be like, Adam, are you okay? I'm like, no, that is. Anyways, <laughs> thanks everyone. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening or watching. Bye. Bye. <laughs>